Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Lios Enchim Anyavu. Greetings, everyone. May the Creator bless you all. And welcome to my podcast, The Good Do E Medicine Podcast. I'll be your host, Pete Rodriguez. All my native people stand Honored guest has just arrived. Hey, Gary Farmer. I knew you would show Hello. up. Hello, Scanos, Scanos for Guego. I'm uh, coming to you from the uh, traditional uh, lands of the. Uh, Squamish and uh, and the uh, Burrard Band and Musqueam and a lot of Haida here. So, uh, hello everyone. Um, nice to be a part of this. I uh, should, I don't know, what everyone's gathering. You know, I don't <clears throat> know probably as much as you folks know. I haven't even seen the shows. Um, I saw the pilot. Um, not sure if I saw the very first pilot or the one that they reshot with Sarah and Tamara wasn't. Uh, Tamara was in the original pilot, and then she got tied up with something else and wasn't able to do the, uh, you know, the series itself. So I think they reshot the first episode. Well, at least the the parts of uh, DeFaro's mom, um, Sarah Podemsky plays in the series. So, um, But I, I uh, only got the scripts that I was involved in, and I'm in the final script, I think. I believe today is about seven, because seven actually plays before six. I, I, I'm, that's my understanding. And uh, then there's eight, and I think that's it. I think there's just eight episodes, so we're ending the, you know, the run. Um, I know a few other things, I guess, for your interest to get it all going. Um, I know the writing room is going to start very shortly. Um, uh, with uh, There's a lot of additions to the writing room. Um, some more members of the 1491s, I, I believe they're going to be more involved. Uh, and there's some new writers, uh, people, um, you know, that Sterling has uh, found or, you know, the connections run deep, of course, in the Native community, whether it's performing or writing or, you know, as we develop this team of producers and showrunners and directors, it's, you know, it's all very exciting. So... Um, you know, and uh, we'll see where they can take it on second season. I suspect that we'll start that probably in the spring of, uh, 22. And, um, uh, currently, uh, just for your information, I'm uh, here in Vancouver doing the second season of Resident Alien. 
if um, if any of you saw that last season. So I uh, certainly can answer to that a bit. But um, it's all about reservation dogs, and uh, the kids are doing amazing. I mean, watching them on social media is like watching, you know, I'm surprised they're not at the Met, everything that we're watching today on social media. Yeah, but oh, they yeah. did, uh, apparently, the three uh, missing Lane. Uh, uh, you know, Lane is probably not able to travel because he's only 15 or 16 now. So, you know, he's got school or whatever commitments. And so the kids, I think, did, gave away an Emmy. I'm not sure if that was last night. Uh, the three remaining uh, leads, um, I think, gave away an Emmy last night. And so that that's why we saw some social media with, uh, and I guess uh, Taika was at the Met thing last night, so he wasn't at the Emmy presentation. But I can see that they're hanging about in uh, in Los Angeles quite a bit, and the kids are getting swept up by kind of fashion, you know, statements in magazines and such. So that's kind of fascinating they're kind of turning into real like stars uh, very quickly at a young age and uh, that's always a challenge of course uh, for any actor at any age I suppose you know um, but uh, especially at that age that tender age uh, but they all seem very well adjusted um, uh, my experience with them and uh, they're all wonderful uh, human beings and they're very knowledgeable of where they come from, all of them. Um, so that's, uh, you know, they got a good handle on that. So anyway, uh, you know, I, I'm supposed to, uh, this is kind of a funny aside. I, I probably should do it. Uh, in about 19 minutes, I have to go jury. Uh, <laughs> I have to go jury a, a dance, uh, a kind of a gathering over in Yakima for uh, the best uh, Willie Jack uh, costume. Uh, oh. So uh, if I'm not able to stay because I've been dragged off to be a, the judge and jury in the Willie Jack contest uh, at the little gathering there in Yakima. Alexi but, uh, Gary, you must tell us who won- who wins that. I'd love to. I'd love to see the winner. <laughs> okay. Yes, definitely. If I, uh, I hopefully I'm not the only judge. I'm not a very good judge of. Uh, but you know, I did get to work with her, and we had a lot of fun. And she's quite the character. There's no doubt about that. And um, you know, she's kind of reared in Saskatchewan, and and uh, comes from a very horse culture. <clears throat> you know, way of life and stuff and uh, real down home, you know, big family of singers, um, you know, tradition runs through their veins there. Uh, So it's, uh, she comes from a great place and she's very attached to her home and her people and her culture. So uh, uh, she's a big hit in the show. That's for sure. Thank you. uh, I'm through talking. Well, thank you, Gary, Mr. Farmer. It's uh, truly an honor to have you here in our show. Uh, we started this a little while. We're all fans of Reservation Dogs. Definitely all of the cast. Uncle Brownie. Um, I hope I think you know everyone here. Shirley, Mark, Nia. Um, we started doing this. Uh, just loving the show. We thought um, we'd host a room every after every episode. 
So it's been a lot of fun. We have a lot of uh, good conversation. We invite everyone in the audience that want to come up and speak, talk about the episode. And gosh, I'm just so grateful you're here with us today for this for this episode, for this recap. I'm just like, wow. Um, I'll just throw it to the other moderators. I want them to maybe say something or ask something before you have to leave. You know, you're a busy person, but Shirley or Mark or Nia. Sure. Good afternoon. Good evening, everybody. And Mr. Farmer, if you PTR, I put up a photo that I actually took with you out on the Navajo Nation at Tuba City. Nice. We were helping to open up the uh, cancer center at the Cancer Center Foundation, Hopi Navajo Hopi Cancer Center Foundation. So I put that up there so you can see that at one point you were in the same space. So I really appreciate that you're here. Love um, your presence and what you bring to film, TV, media. It's so important that uh, you're representing still and showing the younger generation how possible it is to to still stay grounded and yet you are you are projecting uh excellence on the big screen so i really appreciate that thank you so much for showing up and of course i have tons of questions but i'm going to pass it on to mark so that he can get a little say so in that's all this is shirley Or to whoever the next moderator would like to speak. Nia, Mark, go for it. Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Nia. I'm calling in from the ancestral homelands of the Dene, Apache, Wallapai, and Hopi here in Northern Arizona. Um, I just want to say thank you to Gary for joining us. It's always an honor to have you and to listen to you. Um, in every film you star in that I remember over the years, you're always the scene stealer. And so I just want to, um, uh, I don't want to say fangirl, more like two-spirit fanning over you. So I'm a little nervous. <laughs> so I will pass it on to Alex. Hey everybody, um, this is Alex. I guess I don't have my regular picture up, so um, I got my my uh, picture with Alora and with uh, Daniel up there right now. Um, but yeah, if if, uh, if I cut out, I'm actually I'm in um, in California in the Central Valley in Fresno and um, Yokos Land, and it's the uh, election day <laughs> for the governor's race. So I'm on my way um, out of work, dropping off my ballot, um, but I wanted to pop in um, just to, to talk and check in with everybody. And I know it was a really heavy episode, and I'm sure I'm not the only, buddy, only person who cried during the episode. Um, but I also just wanted a, a quick, quick moment when we get into it to... Um, just acknowledge really quickly that my my guess, my theory was right from last week. So uh, we had talked about um, some of that and some of the allusions um, in previous episodes uh, about Alora's um, attachment to Daniel. Um, but yeah, thank you for having me, everybody. Good to see you all. 
Awesome. Thank you, Alex. Nia, Mark, are you there, Mark? You want to say a greet Mr. Farmer or Tracy? Um, Do we want to do a plot recap? Like, Well, yes, we're going to get into that. But Mr. Farmer said he has to leave in about 20 minutes to judge the Willie Jack uh costume con how awesome Coolest is that contest ever yeah we should do one here and we all dress up but uh yeah before he leaves you know maybe a couple by weeks. the way uh Lexi, um your character brownie tried to save willie jack's mom's life and we learned the backstory coming from uh kokaji uh bill burr who told the story about how brownie Fist fought uh, Alora Dannon's mom's partner, right, right? Before they, before they went off drinking and got into that wreck, and it sounds like it was an epic brawl that like went started on the inside and ended up on the outside, and he went all full brownie on the guy, but ended up not coming out on top this time. And has Bill like you know Bill sitting? talking with Alora, mourning the loss of her mom with her. Uh is dealing with her own loss as well in that in that very same moment. And I think that's the whole linchpin. That's the whole heart of the show. There's a lot of different artifices we can talk about that I'm really interested in. But this episode is I know we got a lot of like this this series is humor on top of loss. But this feels like a really heavy, heavy helping of loss over humor, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's um you know, I think that's you know, I remember back in the seventies when um you know I started acting and and um, studying uh, acting and and all the plays that used to come from our communities uh, that I remember were so, they were so heavy. Um, it was just hard to read it. It was so heavy, to, you know, and, uh, it, you know, I guess there was a few that broke through, but the one I remember most clearly and the one I was most involved with was Thompson Highway and um, as a playwright and, uh, you know, he, it was almost like, you know, is this necessary for us to, you know, I mean, you know, I know there's comic things that people say comedy and I, I just, you know, kind of roll my eyes because there really is no difference between comedy and especially for us. And so I feel, you know, not that, you know, I think a lot of the humor that came from Thompson's pieces because the material was so heavy and so profound it was this kind of toxic humor that uh, we as Indian nations have developed over a century of time uh, with all the experiences that we've witnessed and been a part of and fallen ourselves into. So, you know, I think, you know, laughing our way out of it has been, you know, I'll never forget talking to a, a fellow who during those uh, Santanista wars in Central America and Nicaragua talking to a man who got kind of you know a mosquito Indian man who got uh, tortured and um, 
And when he talks, you know, it's very difficult to get him, you know, it's very challenging to get him to talk about that. Uh, but when he does, he has this eternal smile on his face, you know, and it, uh, I'll just always remember that, you know, that, you know, it seems the more you suffer in life, sometimes you can't help but laugh. And sometimes that laughter takes you to toxic places uh, along with everything else. But um, anyway, that's you know, a weird answer. But <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks, Mark. Hey, Tracy, thanks for joining us today. Hey guys, this is uh, this is Tracy. I'm coming to you from uh, Pennsylvania, homelands of many nations, and I just wanted to tell all of you, I have not watched this episode, so I was making a lot of noise when Mark was giving away all the plots and things like that, because I've been very very busy the past couple of days. But I don't yeah. care about your schedule, <laughs> Tracy. I don't give a shit. <laughs> so you guys enjoy and talk. And I, I, I just came in to see what was happening in this room. So um, I really got nothing con to contribute tonight. But later, I will. Later. You guys you guys uh, take care. Gary, family says hi. And uh, we'll connect soon. Take care, peoples. See you, Tracy. Thank you for stopping in. Awesome. Thank you. <clears throat> Yeah, I probably should depart for uh, the Willie Jack contest. If I uh, finish up early, I'll come back. But uh, nice to see everyone. All right. Willie Jack for president of the world. There you go. <laughs> she got my boat. Yep, me too. Thank you, Gary. Goodbye. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Gary. Oh. Hope to see you soon. Thank you, Lexi. All righty. Wow. Let me see. Where's my sound effects? What the heck? I feel like uh, I feel all shy. Like I didn't want to say. I know. I know because no, it kind of felt a little bit awkward. I was like, I can't eat. What am I going to do? Critique this show that you had you on in front of you? Hey, Except, Thomas. Like, what do you? I know this is like, the first there's time. Only so much shit talking I can do directly at people. Like if it was Sterling or Dallas or Bobby, you'd be like, "What the fuck's up with this guys?" <laughs> at least you got your shot at Tracy. That's good. But uh, yeah. yeah. But that, was that awesome or what, man? Whoa. That was pretty cool. I love it. I love Gary. I think, yeah. he's, I think he's one of the fucking coolest native actors ever. Like, Michael Brownie. And that's one of the things that I love about this show. Like, like I like I don't know if, like, like they already got, like, they already got some of the coolest mofos ever of all time. And it's like, is Martin Sizemeyer showing up in the next season? Like, like is, like, Chosuke Spencer? Like, who who isn't? in this show that's going to show up that's what i'm kind of wondering because they only they like they got the young comer like the young up-and-comers and then they just yeah. got nothing but all-stars exactly right i agree i don't know but i like that he was talking about thompson highway that's pretty cool yeah he goes way back i really you know what I every time I see Gary Farmer, all I see is fat Philbert, fat Philbert. <laughs> I want to say that, but I don't. No, like, dude, Philbert leaving like the Hershey bar out there, Butte is one of the most right? iconic moments of my life. Like, if I die, and the only image I have is me putting a chocolate bar out 
fucking bear butte and then when i get to the other side I'm like that wasn't actually you that was actually gary farmer and Powell highways i'm like fuck same thing all right now i know what to get you martin <laughs> hershey bar a chocolate bar at, at bear butte at bear butte got it but i'm writing that down Daniel, dude there, we should put a vending machine of nothing but hershey chocolate bars at bear butte and sell them for like ten dollars <laughs> a piece <laughs> And just call it the Filbert machine, and just Black underneath Richard. says, "If you know, you know." And then you got to roll down the hill to come back down. Yeah, the tragic part. Oh gosh, that was pretty. Cool. It's so rocky. How did he survive? <laughs> okay, Pete, go for it. How do you want to open this up? This was. I feel still kind of nervous, like intense. I, I know that's the first time I haven't heard you like speak a lot or Cheryl Lee or Nia. I'm like, are you guys gonna talk? <laughs> Dude, I have so much to say, but I'm yeah, kind of, I, I kind of want to create space and I want to respect. You know, yes. How cool is that? Judging a <laughs> Willie Jack costume contest. I'd say bring up Waylon. Who else we got down there? I I I, I um. I invited him. Hey, Sherry, Cher- Cherish is here. I think she. Uh, hey, Cherish. Yeah, bring up Cherish. Yeah, Thomas. Hey, what's up, Thomas? <laughs> we're gonna we're we're still uh, like like starstruck. We had Gary Farmer on here, Uncle Brownie. All got discombobulated. I I feel it. That's like I didn't want to come up on stage yet, and I didn't know what to say. Yo, like I my just, hands are kind of sweaty. Like, I just thanked him. <laughs> Nia's a fan. Like Ricky boy. Bobby and Talladega Nights. I don't. I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't. I don't. I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah, but we'll we'll start talking about the episode in a bit. Well, but yeah. Well, everyone says Navajo Navajos talk too much, so I refrain from talking. Thank no, you I think everyone says incredible. Navajos talk too much shit. I don't think like regular conversation is okay. No, that's just Charlie, not me. Yeah, I, I was nervous for you guys in the audience. I was like, oh, jeez, you uh yeah so that was funny. <laughs> okay I, like i kind of wanted to ask him like did you ever have an urge like an uncontrollable urge to touch george Jar- like jarmusch's head like hair like why well he might it's all like spiky and white and it's like stands five inches above his head like you kind of just want to touch it it but i'm not acting i know Shirley, but is it i don't know did was it weird? He hasn't seen the episodes or some of them. Mr. No, Farmer most said actors don't watch. That's what themselves. I was asking. Like that's yeah. what I'm at question. Is that like a you just act right? It's your like a well, it's your job, but is it something? Yeah, you know that is unusual. Um, they do have like I'm sure a, a cast party, and they maybe after yeah. the works they would show something or see it on on Hulu. I don't know. But uh, maybe he just doesn't work that way as an actor. Maybe he just does this. Well, like the like the last room, the last room we were in, we we're like, hey, let's talk about some fan theory and like do some critique and like critical theory. And he's like, um, I haven't watched the show, and uh, I only read the script in front of me, so uh, that's Perhaps what I know. Comes back on after we get over this uh, 
stage fright feeling we can just bombard him with questions like you're like what the fuck gary yeah. go maybe, watch the show maybe he'll come it's back the be- it's the first indian tv show since like northern exposure what the fuck <laughs> maybe he'll come back after his yeah. his willie jack uh willie jack yeah maybe it's like podcasting we don't like to hear our own voices maybe he doesn't like to Actually, I think it's pretty common. I I listened to a Sopranos podcast and even the Sopranos cast people, they were so burnt out during the production or or they would get so into the material that afterwards they would watch it barely once and then they don't watch it again. It's it's crazy. Maybe it's just, yeah, maybe they just, they don't want to be all up in their head with how the finished product looks or maybe scenes they cut, the editing, you know, it's interesting. Oh my God. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I'm just going to say, like, I did a photo shoot, like a video, and I had to be directed, and I was totally cool with it, except for the last 15 minutes where I pouted like a little punk-ass bitch. He would. But, uh. Oh, dude, Neil, well, you would have been embarrassed for me, like Lakota Warrior, okay? Okay? You're going to get your juice box in, like, five minutes. Settle the fuck down. I get you got. I get it's hot, and you have low blood sugar. How about you just soldier the fuck on? For five and a half minutes. Well, at least I uh, anyway took a picture of anyway, the room, so I can prove like, that he was on there. Like, the, like the director wanted, like, do you want to do you want to see this back? And I was like, no, I actually never want to see any of this footage ever again. And if it never sees the light of day, I'm actually okay with that. So you know, maybe that's the case because uh, Uncle Brownie played this character who was basically, you know, in his backyard digging up his weed. And that's not like, you know, I don't know, uh, maybe something he wants to really discuss or uh, these top actors have now placed been placed in these in these characters to play these parts that, you know, aren't so great. Maybe. I don't know. I'm stretching, but hmm. I always thought the jar thing was a weird detail of a strange. I'm still trying to think of the allegory to it. Like, why? What was it, you know, about him? I see that he was kind of this tough warrior, you know, figure, um, you know, invincible and all that, but we saw a soft side. I mean, just great arc. I mean, the writing and everything is just so, yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out. Oh, that was incredible to, to hear him speak with you guys. Well, the other side is like one, like the, the thing about it is it gets a little bit demystified and delegendified because Brownie in this next episode was taken out by Allura Dannon's uh, mom's partner. And it, by all sounds, was an epic fight, but Brownie didn't win. Right. Waylon, really quick. Hey, Waylon, how's it going? Hey, uh, hey Waylon. The original Waylon himself, welcome. It's good to see you on here, brother. Oh, man, it's good to be seen. It is good to be seen. Let me tell you what. This was a heavy, heavy episode, and I am really glad that we are talking about, you know, some lighthearted stuff because, whew, I'll tell you what, it was, yeah, it was, it it got me emotional. I'm going through some, going through some things myself with, in dealing with grief and, and, and trauma and things like that. And, uh, yeah, it really hit a lot of, it hit a really lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, really good you know, well, not good, but it hit, it hit the feels. I mean, seriously, it was, uh, it was emotional. It was emotional to watch and, 
the character development, of course, is uh, is amazing. I mean, I, I'm yeah, I'm in awe. Um, each episode just keeps getting better and better, and yeah, it, it's it's great. So it's 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 fantastic to be back um, on in the clubhouse. Uh, it is definitely a good day to be indigenous. And Mana, holy crap, where is that voice from? It's holy smokes, it's like the voice of God. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm visiting everyone from Hawaii, uh, but I'm not Hawaiian native. I'm a Samoan Tahitian. So I, it's it's a weird thing. Am I an immigrant or am I indigenous? I don't know. We're still, <laughs> we have a colonial history ourselves, but it's not in sort of an indigenous or native, at least in my mind. You're indigenous as fuck, and you're like an islander on an island. What do you like? As- Fuck, hell yeah. Like, I don't... Oh, I'm Lakota, but I happen to live in Navajo Nation. Am I indigenous? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just surrounded by these short fuckers. <laughs> well, yeah, it's interesting, though. Like, like the anthropologists oh. would look at other Polynesian groups to try to figure out how ancient Hawaiians were, you know, other than anthropologists studying Native American uh, groups to try to see how the the culture is is, is gradually removed or... That's just an interesting parallel, but yeah, I, it's a weird like identity crisis when it comes to <laughs> indigenous or not. But um, but I really enjoy the series, and I'm grateful that you guys are uh, yeah doing this for each episode. Incredible! Thank you all. Mark, correction, short, smart fuckers. <laughs> well, you tell me. Have you ever been to Chen Li? I think there's some people who could possibly contest that <laughs> all right i'm short and i'm smarter than you mark mouses did he, just say mouses? Short. did he just say mouses he's never gonna live that down <laughs> hey mouses is appropriate kill me yet oh here come the rooster all right back to the show yeah back to the show. hey Gilbert, he is that is that the guy? Is that Bill Burr? Is that what yes. his name is? Yes. And Bill Burr. I'm, I'm like, wow. He, he did a great job. And yeah, this was actually was so this was him testing his limits of his actor chops. Like his comedic chops were like solid. They're like gold, like gold bar Olympic standard. But, Next. um, when it comes to drama, the dramatic, this was a stretch for him. And like he also he didn't nail like let's be real he didn't nail the Oklahoma accent. Oh no! And like you know, he, 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 he wasn't like I'm from honor. He, he wasn't like I'm from honor uh, Darko. Like he didn't he didn't have it down. <laughs> but he had a general southern rural accent that he has as part of his repertoire that he just did a very light version of. To, to get placed inside their universe. Right, right. And I, normally I don't like Bill Burr. I don't like his comedy. He's just whiny and he's just all, you know, that kind of guy. But, but I you're, really, you're allowed to be quiet whenever you're ready. I found a new respect <laughs> for, for Bill Burr. To, he's uh, one of my favorite comics. I, fuck, I, I, am, I am a totally a Bill Burr fanboy. And he also had Sterling. He also had Sterling on the podcast uh, on Ooh. on last Monday. Um, so one of one of one of like 
Pardon? Uh, just just a just a timeout, y'all. I had no idea who Bill Burr was. I know he played a role on Breaking Bad, but I never even saw Breaking Bad either. I don't know who he is. Wait, he was on Breaking Bad? Who is he? Yeah, he had a recurring role. <laughs> the connection. Oh, yeah, him but... and Huel. That was Huel's buddy. But I um... had no idea who this, and everybody kept talking about Bill. Who's Bill Burr? So this is my first introduction about who this guy is. And, of course, going online and typing in Bill Burr. So there you go. I need a Google. Just so you know, if people in the audience maybe wanted to know. Just for clarification, it's not Bill Bill Baggins either. You could call him that, and he probably wouldn't mind. Hey, Cherish, I was shocked. Hi, Cherish. As soon as I saw it, I was like, wait, is that Bill Burr? I had no idea. I had to Google it right away while I was watching. I was like, oh, my goodness. And then I was thinking, Bill- like, maybe he and Taika Waititi, they're connected through the Disney Star Wars stuff. Because I know Bill Burr is in the Star Wars stuff, yeah? No, he's on two seasons of Mandalorian. I had oh, to look. yeah, yeah. Hey, Cherish. Let Cherish speak, y'all. Oh, that's Bill Burr. My phone off the grid for 10 days out in the bush. It was like a very interesting social experience. I was fine. I just like ran everything through Microsoft Teams, but I didn't have a phone, but I got a moose. So that's great. I have a whole bunch of work to do, but I didn't even watch season seven yet. So episode uh, seven. Sorry, episode seven. Yeah. And it came out on Disney Plus. So that's good. And yeah, I don't know. Things are good. I'm just making an epic dinner here. You know those frozen vegetables? Carrots, the peas, the corn. Did up some of that. Made some brownies. Eating some sausages. Some rice. Yeah, just doing... Everything's great, really. That's awesome. And uh, thank you for uh, mentioning the room on news 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 we had andrew lee in the room he had to leave early but that was awesome he has like eighty thousand followers he was in there in here earlier so that was pretty awesome but thank you everyone so what did you think of this overall episode california dreaming like a Waylon said that really hit me in the in the feels feels um especially that one scene with Alora and Daniel towards the middle, kind of. So, man, 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 man. You know, so, uh, you know, what can we say? It, it's so, uh, it was so intense. Um, and I, what I did like was that they were placing in humor throughout, constantly doing this balance of heaviness, but with, uh, uh, you know, storytelling and, and trying to keep it going. And I think it worked. It was really intense for sure. There was, um, with the part that you're speaking of, um, it you know, as they go off to the the country bar, that behavior that in episode six that Daniel has with Willie Jack and her dad out in the forest, he starts to have, he exhibits the same thing in this bar. And it's, you just know it. And I think it, it the opening scene out of this episode kind of just like, set the stage for everything and that was when they're coming down the alley and they're friends but it's the yelling in the house right that's where it kind of like everybody kind of has an idea how did outsiders feel to it uh, is anybody i don't know if anybody even knows what the outsiders are but anyway yeah, we that, know what the outsiders are it's a very famous <laughs> movie <laughs> well nobody knew who bill burr was i mean come on I know these fucking cultural DJs. We're hanging out, wailing. We're in a room with a bunch of DJs. 
Degens, I'll tell you what. Well, it's a, you know, it's our it's it's our way of life. I had to Google it. But stay gold, pony boy. Stay but, gold. But seriously, I mean, you know, on on a serious note, extremely serious note, you know, a lot of our, a lot of, uh, a lot of us can relate to that, right? Um, um, and and even even some of us may may have uh, experienced it, and and but the uh, the emotions um, that that I felt seeing, you know, seeing Daniel, seeing the character of Daniel um, go through what he goes through. Um, you know, I, I've been, uh, just to be completely open and, and transparent with everyone. I've been, I've been at a, a, a healing center, uh, for the most part dealing with some grief, some, uh, trauma stuff and, uh, relapse prevention. And, um, you know, happy to say I'm, I'm, I graduated up to a level of, uh, a little bit more freedom and, um, yeah. And, uh, I'm super grateful uh, I got my brother Tom here, um, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, there's, there's there's a connection here between um, our tribe MHA, Amanda uh, Hirads and Rick Raw, and uh, and and the uh, the center where I'm at, and so uh, we're really blessed to be able to uh, to uh, have have this uh, place where we can come here and uh, do some inner work, and so. Um, so you know, uh, it got it, yeah, it got pretty heavy. I mean, you know, and and, and um, my uh, my uncle uh, uh, passed from the same same way that Daniel passed, and uh, you know, and so so it was really heavy. And uh, but but it was necessary. You know, it's it's a necessary thing for that story to be told because I think so many of us really have been through that or not maybe not experienced it on that level uh, of Elora but uh yeah so I just you know I want to I do want to welcome Tom uh Teej for the Teej so good to see you so good to, to to be able to hear your voice here today to this this evening and, um you know things like that I just want to just want to just want to lighten the load a little bit you know <laughs> what'd you think of the what'd you think of the episode Oh, okay. <clears throat> Say, uh, <clears throat> thank you for uh, giving me some time here. <clears throat> Say, uh, good evening to everybody. You know, here and everybody seems like nobody doesn't want to talk too much about the episode. And um, uh, I've been listening to some of the comments here and uh, say thank you to those who um, opened this room here so people can uh, listen in or however. My name is uh, Tom Plenty Chief, TJ Plenty Chief, for those that know me. I'm a member of the Mandan Hiradza Rikara Nation. Uh, I reside on our on our homelands. Um, <clears throat> currently, right now, at this time and moment, I'm um, I'm in traditional Rikara territory at, at the Grand River Casino by Wakpala. I'm working on an earth lodge in um, McLaughlin, yeah. South Dakota, about 40 miles uh, west of here. Oh, uh, dog patch! So, so an earth lodge is a traditional. Um, Mandan, Hiradza, Arikara home structure. But uh, anyway, <clears throat> you know, when I got to the, you know, I, I was pretty um, surprised. It was kind of a, a heavy episode, like everyone's been saying, you know, and uh, I think we could all kind of identify with a lot of those things. But, you know, one thing that stood out for me, man, it was the it was the, the, the teacher, the coach. 
he got the phone call and then then you know i mean i don't know how many of you have kids or whatever but i have kids and some of my kids have 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 or they have had uh chemical dependency so when he was you know he was talking about meth oh they're you know they're on meth and there's nothing i can do and you know that girl or laura donnan or whatever was saying well, what are you going to do is it nothing it's going to go home you know, I kind of, uh, I understand that part, you know, some of my children are in, in addiction, so that's a pretty tough thing, you know, and then, um, then at the end, you know, the, um, they had that, the guy got the, that girl's light fixed and, well, you know, they were trying to figure out how much they're going to pay and what do we owe you? We are not here for, you know, the, the meth heads at the junkyard or whatever. We are not here for riches, you know, <laughs> 20 bucks. <laughs> then the guy said, and a tip. You know, so I thought that was kind of crazy, <clears throat> you know, kind of funny when he when that guy was saying that because he always tries to be, you know, like a big Indian or something or, yeah. or have oh, some yeah. kind of some kind of philosophical right. some saying or something. <clears throat> speak, sit, speak freely or, you know, whatever, you know, walk in beauty, you know, <laughs> yeah, I was going to have some kind of little saying, you know, I actually thought like be- Tom before that scene, I thought there was this like kind of brilliant moment of like L.A. comics like teasing each other. Because, like, Bill Burr, who's, like, a famous stand-up comic, and Kirk Fox, who is a well-known but not quite famous stand-up comic. And he was like, you should do stand-up comedy. And Kirk's like, uh, too many joke stealers. And so it was just like these two <laughs> – LA, it was like these two L.A. comics just eyeing each other out, giving, like, a wink and a nod on this weird show. I thought that was a cool moment between, like, two white dudes throwing down. Yeah. Yeah, I seen that, too. I thought, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty – pretty interesting hey it's gary farmer hi gary and then we uh then the other part man the part that really resonated too man with that episode was that um when that girl that laura dannon she found that boy because remember he was like he didn't want to go home because they're fighting and then man she found him and the scream and the wail that she had man it's like you can't you know like like you got to be native to know that one you know what i mean it's like holy man it just that like really sounded real man it's like oh my god mm-hmm. you know so that's a that's a tough one right there but you know it had to be you know it's part of the story because you know i i wondered too because they were having those memorials and you know always talking about that kid that went on and i was kind of wondering what happened to him you know then now we've seen it so kind of had to be said i guess you know I kind of always felt they alluded to it. Like, I always felt it was coming to this point. Like, I knew it was coming, to be honest. I do believe we were talking about that in episodes five. Is that what we kind of made a prediction that that was the case it was going to go towards? Yeah. But that scene you were talking about where he they go and fix a taillight at the junkyard with Kenny Boy. And I don't know. Uh, I have a clip. Do you want to hear that part? Because there's, there's a part that's really interesting to me. Fire. Yeah. Yeah. Right, play it. Let's do it. Pick it up. Hopefully it comes through. No, it's not coming through. through. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Garrett Bobson, as I live and breathe, what brings you to the wrong side of the track? Oh, Kenny boy. We need a tail light for this old hunker. Yatea, Lord Dennis. That's hello in Dene. I mean, actually, it means it is good. But I go with hello. Hi. Good to see you. How the hell you know each other? Sold us a stolen chip truck. Oh, crazy Kenny. I always said you could make it as a stand-up comedian. Too many joke thieves out there. 
I'm not going to do that. Were you in a shootout? <laughs> Driver's test. Parallel parking. An innocent girl, a harmless driver. What could possibly go wrong? That's the, the tagline from License to Drive. Oh, okay. The second of the two Corys trilogy. Sure. Even though they worked together many times after Dream a Little Dream, all their subsequent movies went straight to video. Rest in peace, Blondie. Uh, you, you can get this done in an hour, right? Well, we can definitely start it, okay. make the effort. Okay, so that part, which I thought was really interesting because we all know what happened to Corey Haim in his life, right? That was also part of what the storyline was talking about, suicide. So I thought yeah. that was really clever. Yeah, I, I think yeah, that... that makes sense. I think that whenever we got a suicide, and especially that they've given... um. They only really alluded to his actual life, and we only see the surface behaviors. It's like, yeah, there was a deep, deep hurt that happened. And how deep the show wants to go into that. Like, we got one episode left, but we got another season, so we'll see. Hey, Gary, welcome back. Is the uh, contest over? I know Mark has some questions he wants to ask you. Uh, yeah, I couldn't. Uh, they only gave me a link via Messenger or something, and I tried to get it, but I don't have the latest Messenger, and I tried to download it, and blah, blah, blah. I tried my best. Did you ever have an uncontrollable urge to touch Jim Jarmusch's hair? Uh, no, I can't say that. I have. <laughs> told you now i'm the fucking weirdo great great appreciate that that i thought that was a given mark i thought that i I thought we all knew that um gary didn't know and now he does all right you know i um you know jim's a, a pretty guy he's a great guy you know he actually uh you know when i was after i did that film i came home and i just yeah, it was 95, so I started developing all the radio licensing, and I we went and got APTN after that. And um, and Jim, he was so supportive because I knew APTN needed a, a kind of a hit show, and I just stole from Johnny Carson and made them their first kind of variety show. And uh, I remember Jim coming up, and I had a lot of the uh, – you know, the acting in the film, you know, we tried to write comedy and uh, we were producing skits and I had a team of writers and, you know, it was, you know, it was back in the late 90s. And now uh, Jim always was so supportive and uh, he used to come up to Toronto for whatever. Um, at one time he was going to write a, a kind of Sid and Nancy story for a couple of us and it, it didn't uh, it kind of turned in uh, only lovers left alive in a way which uh, is a very you know sometimes he starts in our community and then he blossoms out but he's been a fascinating character to be involved with since uh, that time in in my career that I worked with him a couple times and uh, we we spent so many interesting hours kind of debating and telling stories to each other and, and talking about things. And he's one of my um, 
dearest friends in this crazy business and you can always count on them for something special when we do get together so hats off to jim jermush jim jermush jim jermush you know uh, he's one of my favorite directors and that's that's why i kind of a odd fixation with the gent gary when you left um a lot of us were just in awe that you had showed up that we were so quiet and after you left, we took a breath and started realizing <laughs> we had sweaty palms because we were so starstruck <laughs> with your presence. And we, we had to laugh because a lot of us are not as quiet and we just were so quiet. So we wanted to let you know <laughs> that but I think we kind of warmed up and um, we're ready. We're ready to go at this. So um, whoever wants to go ahead and start getting into this with him, that'd be awesome. Yeah, this is Lance Four Star. I'm up on the Fort Peck Reservation. I just, um, I've never been on this uh, on Clubhouse or ha- haven't even heard of uh, of this program. But I received a messenger message from Gary. I've known Gary for um, a little while now, um, and it, it just happened to um, be that we invited Gary up here as a community up in here up in uh, in Wolf Point on the Cinnabon and Sioux Reservation. Um, to help us bring um, some awareness to the suicide problem. So it really, you know, it, I have a great amount of appreciation and gratitude for, for Gary uh, inviting me to be on, um, to, to listen to y'all. And uh, I really appreciated the show at the very end when they, when you guys had, um, when the show had actually, I don't, when I say you guys, it's because I don't know who's behind everything. <laughs> uh, but uh I know this is a discussion about the the episode, and I've watched it about one and a half times. But at the very end, I, I really did take a, a screenshot of a uh, of the one eight hundred two seven three talk eight two five five, and it, you know we're dealing with um, suicide on on a uh, on many levels for for the past ten years. You know, so Gary, when he showed up to our community, um, you know I, I showed him around a little bit, but for the most part, he was he kind of. You know, he, he immersed himself into our community and just visited these places. And then when it came to our our, our community event, Gary sat down. And Gary, if you remember, um, you know, we were having troubles getting the video to run and and all these things. But he he sat down, and there was there's a room full of different um, uh, professional healthcare professionals and, and people from around the country that were coming in to to have a dialogue about um, the suicide problem because there was a number of suicides in our community and. Gary really did. He captured um, kind of the essence of, of what was going on. And, you know, he um, I remember taking him back to to Wilson to catch his, his plane. I think it was at night and he had seen all of the, um, you know, the plumes of uh, or the fires coming off of uh, of the natural gas runoff or whatever that's called in the Wilson, the Bakken oil area there in North Dakota. And he, I remember him um, comment, commenting that it was surreal. So this this episode it, it really did hit home when um, we, we talk about methamphetamine. Of course, I think for the past ten years we've definitely seen a rise in that with the with the uh, the, the extraction industry being so close to the Fort Peck Reservation. Um, there's definitely missing and murdered um, Indigenous people issues, um, and you know we we just recently got done with a fight against the Keystone XL pipeline. So um, that that was something that um, we, we invited Gary back to. Uh, speak to um, the Wolf Point kids um, 
and he was, you know, just out of the, out of blue. He said, yeah, sure. And it, it was great to see him again, to hear him again. I think I seen him down at Standing Rock at the, at the Prairie Nights Casino there when everybody was evacuated from, from the, the Oshetu Shakoa. And then it's, uh, I remember seeing him shaking his hand, but yeah, me too. I, I, I think it was just, um, we're all, uh, very honored to, to, to see you, Gary. And it's, it's always a blessing to have any communication with you and especially to see you up on the, um, up on my, on my, my TV screen and saying, Hey, there's Gary. You know, it's just, it's just a great, you know, I feel like you're, you're, uh, our Nexi or Lexi, you know, our, our uncle. So he's, um, you know, it's just, it's like, we're seeing a relative up there and like, we really know you, <laughs> at least I do. I feel like I do, but I probably don't, <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to say that this episode really did hit home when, when the father was looking for his daughter just right away, I knew, um, I, I told my wife, Matt, you know, it was methamphetamine and, you know, now they're doing fentanyl around here, smoking fentanyl and doing it with, with meth. And it's just, it's just crazy. Cause, uh, you know, the, the issues that, uh, the reservation dogs are dealing with, um, they really do hit home and, uh, it, it transcends the, the borders of our reservations. It doesn't matter what reservation we're talking about. This, this one is definitely the, the one that the reservation dogs is set in, um, applies to all of us I, I feel like it um and, I, and i'm i'm way behind in the times um you know i've been back on the fort peck reservation since 2004 so it's almost been 20 years since i've lived out in mainstream society so uh, I, I don't really uh, uh know too much about um, what's going on out in the world other than up here in northeast montana and montana but um just wanted to thank you for your time and letting me talk phenomenal Thank you, Lance. It's nice to see you again. Uh, you know, one of my dearest friends, of course, uh, well, I had, a, you know, with this the recent loss of William Yellow Rope, originally from the Fort Peck community and a um, uh, great playwright. Uh, Wait, William died? Yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, just a I, couple of months ago. I didn't know. Um, also, the late, great uh, Minnie Two Shoes, uh, you know, she was at, you know, wounded knee and, and uh, she got kind of responsible for the publishing of the newspaper there in the community over the years and she was a real uh, I, I you know I don't I can't say I, I miss a lot of people of course that have moved on but that girl uh, we were just partners in crime for so many efforts in the publishing and the broadcasting efforts you know in terms of um, you know, she, she was really special. And so uh, I always hold dear uh, Fort Peck and, uh, of course, your efforts with uh, education, Lance, and all the work you've done. Uh, graduate of the Institute of American Indian Arts. I'm not sure if you made it through, or, but he certainly was out just, there just. in Santa Fe uh, in the early days. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> On the College of Santa Fe campus, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, nice to see and hear you. Oh. This club, Good Day to Be Indigenous, welcome. We're doing a Reservation Dogs recap. Um, we've been doing this for the past few episodes. It's been really fun discussion. Today we're honored to have Gary Farmer here today, uh, one of the actors on Reservation Dogs. Uncle Brownie is here. Very honored to have him here today. And along with our moderators and welcoming Mia to the stage. Welcome, Lance, to Clubhouse 2. Um it's really nice to have two new people on here. 
Welcome, Mia. Did you like the episode? And also, Lynette, welcome to the stage. And anyone else that, that wants to come up, say a few words, or discuss the... How'd you like the episode? We're discussing uh, episode 7, California Dreaming. But welcome, Mia and Lynette. Hey, Mia, do you want to go ahead? Or I, I had a question, comment, and stuff, but I'll, I'll let Mia go ahead first. Uh, hi, thanks for um, uh, having this recap, Pete. I just wanted to say, did anybody else like relate to um, when the dad was saying, when you come across, <laughs> you come across the, you know, animal, you just hit it straight on. And I cannot tell you how many times I heard my dad say that to me, driving back home, like, you just hit it. But that's, that's, I did. I love this episode. I love watching Res Reservation Dogs. And I'm going to pass it to Lynette. Thank you. Um, just want to say thank you so much for having these rooms and these discussions and these clubs and everything, just anything that has to do with, um, you know, Native or Indigenous uh, culture. It's really helpful for me, uh, for someone with Native blood, but not really, you know, a big tie. And I'm just so thankful that this show, this show has been really really great for me just to to kind of understand more and see but i had a had a had a question actually for tom oh my gosh i think he left oh my gosh that's crazy i literally had a question for him but maybe someone else can answer this um he was mentioning that um there was a part in just this last episode where um she was crying when she found um i forgot his name but when she found him you know, where he was hanging and he said something along the lines of like the way that she screamed and the noises that she made. I know that like, that's not something I necessarily have ever like heard, but like it's, it really, really, really shook me. And it's something that he said that I guess the way that she cried was like a specific way. So I was just looking for just like an understanding of like, what exactly did, did he mean by that? Because it, it definitely did affect me, but I, I don't know why. I can take a shot at that, but I, I just think... Um, Thank you, cousin, uh, uncle. <laughs> Such a great job. Right. <laughs> My nature to speak up, I guess. But, um, you know, I, I think because anyone that's kind of born to a reservation or experience reservation life uh, or urban reservation life, it's kind of the same thing. Um, um you know, we, we kind of grow into, as a Native person, you grow into a world that uh, is not necessarily represented outside the four walls of your home or the or the boundary lines of your community or the boundary of where the ceremony took place in your life, you know. But a lot of our young, um, you know, dealing with so much, especially with... Uh, you know, they got to hear now. I mean, I was just made so much sense to me that, you know, we have to not only live through a lot of travesty in our lives, uh, experiencing as young people and, and being, you know, coming from another language, often a fractured language. And then you hear so much of this, but you don't get the whole picture sometimes, or you're somewhat culturally deprived because the ceremonial way of life has kind of left the community. And, and so, uh, you know, we find ourselves being kind of, um, 
you know, kind of used to that almost. Um, you know, uh, suicide has a place in our community, and we don't appreciate that at any level. It's just a fact and way of life because they don't feel like they don't, they, they don't feel like, I mean, the way it's been treated, I mean, you're not, I mean, until recently, is that's why it's so profound, this series for so many people, is because we've never been exposed to our story on on, on cinema, on TV, on people can watch it, sort of, and um, and, and that's brand new. And but suicide is such a, I mean, the fact that they got an eight hundred number after the show just to help people realize that if you know the tendency's there and it's there for our people, uh, we face it all the time, and uh, and we have a higher incidence than I don't know five or six or ten times more than the average American. Uh, dealing with suicide and it's and it's I think it's so much because the world is so economic and we don't fit into that picture and we're just not counted and and uh, we don't seem to matter to most of North America and uh, and all that we've lost and suffered it just is uh, it's real for us so we know that heartache we we know that pain and so that sound she made is you know, and I haven't even seen the episode, but I, I know exactly what he meant, is that it's it's present in us. It's, it really is. And when called upon uh, as the young actor uh, portraying it, is, has experienced a lot of uh, things in her young life. Uh, you know, even Oka, uh, which was a, in her community in 1990, got invaded by the Canadian Army, you know, and saw a, a lot of anger a lot of politicizing of issues and and she she's kind of grew up through that so she's a very strong young actress uh, that one so she was able to perform that easily i hope that helped at any level <laughs> yeah de definitely definitely in 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 you know lots of parallels and um yeah i, I get it thank you so much You know, Lynn, Lynette, um, when I um, saw that moment in the show where she um, sees him, when she sees Daniel and Alora Dannon runs over and you just, I, you know, it really is a powerful moment um, because a lot of us have family or friends, like we've said, um, that have experienced this pain always so young um, and it's it's a it's an epidemic just as a pandemic one of the things that I was thinking about was um, a book that's uh, you know a world famous book by Dale Carnegie he wrote a book called how to stop worrying and start living and within one of these uh, chapters he brought up an interesting fact and it's and it was um, what he said is that most Americans commit suicide each year, um, then die from the five most common communicable diseases and why. And so the answer that he writes in this book is largely due to worry. That's what I thought about when I think about our tribal communities is how much worry our young people are going through, trying to navigate in a world where it's really still not Western mainstream society. We are still tied to uh, our indigenous 
beliefs and culture and then to try to fit in into two different worlds is it's so um frustrating especially during a time right now with with the pandemic but these young people are not finding an outlet for having their questions answered and i think the worry that most people go through they're seeing their families worry whether if it has to do with money or jobs no no jobs it's a constant you know in in indian country poverty is there and it's so heavy that after seeing that scene you know it you want to do something or at least try to figure out how can we talk about this in an intellectual way or to bring more awareness about it but i really appreciate that um the show is doing that and and having us have this discussion as hard as it can be um, but I just wanted to share that. So this is Shirley. Hey, this is Alex. Um, I think too, part of it is, um, you know, with, with that reaction that she had, and I think a lot of us can relate to this is that there are, um, so many of these moments where we have family members or cousins or these people that we know are close and you see Alora go through that the whole episode you've seen it through the whole series so far that she's she's worried in the back of her mind she knows you know what what is possible for him and I think that that's something that I can relate to at least um, is that feeling of you, you see something and you hope and you hope and you hope and you try and you see her try to be there for him. Um, and then it's the, you know, what, what she had been fearing in the back of her mind for, for who knows how long. Um, and I think a, a lot of us um, have had those experiences with different family members and friends who, you know, we just hope that that's not going to happen. And then, and then one day it does. Um, and so it's for me, when, when she found him, that was what, um, what was really emotional for me was I, while I haven't been in that specific scenario, I've had that same fear um, in interactions, um, you know, months or years leading up to when, when something finally, you know, that final thing happens. Um, so that was what it, it was reminiscent of to me. I don't know if anyone can relate to that. This is Nia. Um, yeah, that scene was hard to watch. I, I wasn't expecting it to be so graphic, even though it wasn't that graphic. But mostly because I have two younger cousins who left the world in the same way uh, within a year apart. And so... I just wish my only critique was I wish they would have let us allowed us to sit in that um, grief a little longer. I just felt like she came back to reality and met with humor so quickly that it was a little off putting. But I guess that what Gary said earlier, comedy is good medicine, but which I agree with. But I wish in that particular scene uh, we could have sat in that. Um, such a raw and um, hard moment just a little longer without uh, a quick humor line um, right after. But that was that's just me being picky. That's a valid point. Yeah, this is Lance again. I just wanted to 
kind of, you know, as I've been listening, I've, um, you know, the, the series is kind of, um, it kind of revolves around this one issue, the, the loss of this young man and the decision of the reservation dogs, the kids to, to escape from the, from the grief and the loss to go to California. So everything that they're doing from, uh, robbing the flaming hot Cheetos, uh, van, <laughs> um, you know, taking that and getting it stripped up the, at the, the salvage yard and, you know, everything is kind of, uh, revolved around this one, this one single incident that, that they're all dealing with. And even though it's, it's a year later, um, you know, like when, when they're flashing back to the, the original, um, I guess the, the point of controversy or the point of, um, um, you know, the, 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 the controversy that, 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 that's in their, their life, their chaos, you know, um, this really is kind of, kind of what the whole, you know, to me, when I think about the, the entire series up to this point, um, that, that's, that's kind of the, the, the thing that's been in the background. So this, this, this episode is inevitable. And, and I think that the, the scene, um, where she had discovered, um, their friend, um, um, and if you, excuse me, I think it's, his name is Daniel. Um, yeah, my wife had to get, she, she watches it with me every like every Sunday night, right when it comes out. Um, but uh, the uh, when, when Daniel passes away, um, you know, and she she finds him. There's there's just so many, uh, you know, right right when you guys were right when the the the, um, the young lady was talking about um, that 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 feeling that you get when you when you discover somebody. You know, we have uh, first responders. We have people from our community from here on, on the Fort Peck reservation, at least, you know, that I've, that I've heard that, you know, there's, there's a first responder that has, um, you know, responded to about 50 suicides, um, completions and, and, um, attempts. And it's like, it just never gets easier. There's, there's a, a Navy SEAL that a former Navy SEAL that's a law enforcement officer for the Fort Peck tribes. And he basically quit his job. He doesn't want to be, um, uh, law enforcement anymore because of um, a, a really bad suicide the, the scene that he had to go to. So it's it, it really is it's it's one of those shocking things and kind of that um, you know when um, when Alerna when she was when she was crying and when she was screaming that's one of the uh, most primal you know it's like it, it's something that's just gut wrenching and you know when 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 you hear her cry like that it's it just tears tears at your tears at your heart because you, you know, or you, you've been through it, or you know of people who have been through, um, uh, a relative who's gone sideways or has, has completed suicide. And it's like, you know, the, the, the biggest thing that I remind our young people is that, um, suicide is a, is a, is a, um, you know, a decision to, um, I think how we said it was, uh, a, 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 a permanent solution to a temporary problem. So a lot of the times the, the temporary problems that, um, you know, our, our young people deal with, you know, they, they decide to suicide. They decide to, to go out and, and complete. And a lot of the times it, um, has something to do with, with illicit substances, with getting drunk or, or, um, doing drugs. And, you know, so it's, it's all kind of centered around that, but I just wanted to add that as I was listening to everybody. Thank you again. Hey peeps, this is Tracy. I got a chance to finally watch this episode. I'm not sure if 
you guys know it's actually shorter than all the rest. Um, I'm not sure if anybody noticed that, but um, the other the other comment, you know, based on Lance's um, observations is <clears throat> when you think about the setting for the film, right, or the the series, it's in Oklahoma, and the irony of Alordana opening up to a white guy, right? A white male is is um, also something that I think, in a way, it exposes the humanity of both this native female, right, and this white man, white male. And you think about the dichotomies that exist in Oklahoma for native, non-native relationships, right? Um, the Sooner State. <laughs> You know, it was the white people who who uh, got to the area, you know, in this this idea of, um, you know, they had to get there. They had to get that land claim. They had to do this and that. Hence the Sooners. Um, so you think about what's happened historically and you think about possibly what's going on in Harjo's mind about um, this idea of Indian white relationships in, in rural Oklahoma. And the reality of growing up with white people is the reality for these communities in Oklahoma, right? They can't escape it. It's just the fact that what colonization has brought upon them. And you think about the white guy's story about Laura Dana's mother, right? And I think the words were, um, it sucks. And he uses the word fuck in, in terms of trying to garner the feelings of uh, losing somebody he, he grew up with. And he brings that humanity of friendship into that scene. And it's not about Indian or being about white, you know, it's about being human beings, about being good relatives. And that way he shows his humanity that I lost your mother. You know, I lost this because they were drinking and I, and I told you know, I'm telling you now that's what happened is because she was, you know, alluding to the story of how of what happened. Right. And we, we, we hear about Uncle Brownie's involvement. And uh, and so, yeah, I, I think it's it's it captures it perfectly. And and like that humor part that comes out, I think that's, you know, I, Ania pointed that out as well. Um, in times of pain, that humor is always there you know, to comfort those individuals, to give them strength. And, and I think that when, when you're talking about the humanity of Indian people, um, Indian humor is at the forefront of a lot of things. When we're suffering, when we're in pain, we disguise it, you know. Um, and you think about all the scenes that have existed already in this uh, short series of how humor was used to disguise the pain that Daniel was going through, right? Um, at first he didn't want to country dance, but I guess he, <laughs> he, he couldn't get enough of it. Right. I mean, yeah. So, um, so that's just my take. This is Tracy.
Hi, um, this is Neil. Um, good evening, everybody. Um, I started watching Reservation Dogs from the beginning and had a lot of fun. And for me personally, each episode gets darker and heavier. And this episode, seven, has been the hardest to watch, but also still funny. Um, as a suicide survivor, um, the the episode there's a lot. There's been a lot of things in life, in art, and film, and music that have made me feel grateful to have survived all of the attempts and in this episode and watching Indian people on TV I got to see firsthand what it would look like or sound like if somebody had found me And I do agree with Nia, you know, transitioning out of that scene into the next one, the next connecting scene and, you know, making a joke that was, a that was abrupt for sure. But I really enjoyed, <laughs> I really enjoyed, uh, Alora's last line where she tells him what Jokochi means. And throughout the episode, when they had, first brought it up I was like I know that word and I couldn't place it and but it's something my grandma you know used to say on our way out from church or uh, or leaving the house to go somewhere she, she would say go go chukuchi before we leave <laughs> um, and I, I'm just so happy that Gary showed up and is offering his insight that's really great and Oh, God, I have no idea what this last episode is going to be about. But um, I just really appreciate Sterling and his vision and what he's doing. And it's, it's, you know, it's hard, but I still love it. And this is Neil. I'm done. Love you, Neil. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, Neon, thank you for that. Um, hey, everybody. Good evening for new friends on the stage that I haven't met yet. Um, so I just, I'm, I'm coming in late because I was watching the episode. Um, and so I just have a question. So, you know, when, what do you think when, when um, Laura was sort of reliving those moments, do you think that that, because I wasn't, I wasn't clear on this. Do you think that that was her um, doing it herself or was she sharing those stories with coach? Like, was it, because we went through, like we were going through it and, and, and getting the story right, but I just wasn't clear on that part. So um, does anyone have, did I miss something? I don't know. I or was she just sort of reliving that, imagining that, you know, in her head, I guess is where I 
I think they're flashbacks for the audience um, looking into her memories. Okay. Okay. And, and go ahead. I was just going to say, I, when, when I was watching it, I think that she's been doing that the whole time. Right. I think that you've seen that she's very clearly distracted, very obviously processing and figuring out if she's going through. And, and I think that every episode we've seen her in, we've seen her, but we haven't been clued into what she's reliving. Um, and so I think that it was just an insight into kind of where she has been this whole time. This is Shirley. And I agree, Alex, um, definitely flashbacks into her, her life. And the part where Daniel is that scene, that heavy scene, she's still also processing with coach. He's sharing with her what happened to her mother because she never knew. And so, I mean, this is a lot of stuff uh, a teenager would have to take on. Um, and it, it tells a story of what's going on in these communities. So very heavy, definitely. And she has to be very strong to be able to process all this information and still try to survive at the same time. This is Shirley. Yeah, you know, just in, in that thought of, of, you know, her sort of reliving that, you know, her flashbacks herself, I was just thinking about, you know, when, when if I did put it into a word, it'd be loneliness, right? Like you think about, you know, just that and, and her sort of going through those moments herself, but, you know, like on a larger scope within our communities and our young people, you know, like having to have those, live those moments and feel alone or, or do going through those moments alone. And so that was just sort of my reflection. Um, I didn't, uh, when it ended, you know, and it, and it just ended and it, and it was a lot of feelings going on, but I think that was one word that sort of jumped out at me. So I don't know if anybody else wanted to talk about other parts of this uh, episode, but the one thing that I thought was um, interesting was when she's doing the driver's test and she's failed it multiple times, but um, the driving backwards scene, driving backwards, uh, what am I, what is it called? The parallel parking? <laughs> parallel parking. That was pretty funny. <laughs> so and she can't get it and she breaks down and and coach is like you know calm down calm down and she's like no one taught me how to and she's crying so he gets out but then you know she's faking it she's she's acting like ah, you know <laughs> and suckers him in and to try to back into that, that that was a tight space that nobody could have made so i thought that was hilarious in that regard uh speaking about the humor i just thought the idea of the indian car or the res car right. was funny because uh, a majority the of us tape. know <laughs> a majority of us know and have been in a res car so i, I really appreciated that element of the story i laughed at the line about four being a sacred number so when I came on stage, I was going to, I was going to make crack a joke, but then somebody else followed me. So there wasn't, it wasn't a plug away where I was going to say something along the lines of like 14, like four being a sacred number. Funny. And all that Sonic inside the car and the hot Cheetos in the glove compartment. You guys noticed that? Hey Pete, can you repeat that? 
Oh, I was just saying, uh, you know, when they got in the car, there was so much like Sonic bags and cups inside the floorboards. And then when they opened up the glove compartment, you could see some of those hot Cheeto bags still in there. Yeah, I missed that myself. <laughs> oh, and also in the beginning, the you have a dining table. I thought that was funny. Oh, the one that has laundry on it. Hey, did y'all did y'all talk about the um, the scene where you know they're all walking back and the friends kind of split because they have to go home and do other things? But Daniel hears his, I think it's his parents fighting. Did you guys already talk about that scene yet? Um, no, we haven't. We're just kind of just jumping kinda. around. We kind of brought sort it in the very beginning. Okay. And you think about that, right? I'm sure that everybody here on stage, this is just an assumption. I would say at least five people here, if not more, you know, encountered that growing up, right? And and that's also like the humanity part of this whole thing is that we could relate as indigenous peoples. And I'm just not saying that that happens to indigenous peoples. It happens to everyone, right? You come along and you just don't feel like going home. And Daniel talks about, you know, after that bar scene, after they get in, they're done dancing. He's like, oh, I'm going home. And what's the one thing he mentions where home's at? Everywhere. Everywhere's home for him. Yeah. So I, I think. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I believe that's the last part of that. The previous episode when he talks to um, Leon, I believe. And it's raining that night. When they were putting out that corn. The feed corn, yes. Yes, Pete. Yeah, just, just reflecting. Go ahead, Shirley. Uh, so, you know, that message that Tracy was talking about, that this does domestic violence does not just hit indigenous communities. It's all, all spectrums of families do experience this. And the scene where Coach is going to get his daughter and even in, within his own family, his daughter is experiencing, you know, uh, dealing with meth and dealing with a lifestyle that's not, um, you know, where, of course, all families would want them to be. And, and he has he brings in the gun and he shoots away and hits the kneecap or the, hits the leg of the guy that she's with. And he's trying to find her as a parent. So I liked that that inclusion of the, okay, we're still seeing white people still go through this too, as well as native people in the same community. So, um, I, that was the connection. And just the irony too, you know, in that scene that you're talking about, Shirley, um, the fact that he, you know, recounts that recants this idea of, I raised her when she was this, I did this, I did this. You see Laura Dana's face just yearning for that. And you think about, you know, a lot of indigenous communities where there's fatherless, you know, kids and that idea of, you know, Sterling Harjo pointing that out. It's epidemic, just not in native communities everywhere. It's everywhere where, you know, men have to stand, uh, you know, stand up and take that responsibility of being, you know, the best fathers they can be in, in so many words, I guess you could say. But he highlights it there at that point. Why do you think so? You know, this is Mia. But Tracy, he also says, um, you know, we did all these things to, I did all these things to protect her. 
and and then when they when she grows up she makes these other choices and you can't protect she he can't protect her anymore but he had a gun <laughs> i guess he's still trying to in so many words but he can't prevent her from making those other choices <sighs> We don't want. So I guess so. This is Shirley. I'm. I'm just still contemplating the whole like how our communities um, end up in this situation, and I, I can't help but keep thinking about how um, our society is structured and the the need for um, being productive. It, it lacks in some communities where people then have to find other things to occupy themselves, or they just. You know, during World War One, World War Two, they there was this industrial age of building, and people had jobs, and they did things, and that empowerment of feeling functional and contributing to society kind of uplifted communities. And as soon as those structures fall, the lack of of not feeling like you're contributing seems to always be a part of this um, the story. And so, in Indian country. A lot of these communities, it's just so stricken with poverty, and I, it behooves me to understand why our tribal communities, our leaders, are not uh, still even addressing this to where they can help. Um, and I'm going to just speak again from my perspective as a as a member, tribal citizen of the Navajo Nation. Our nation is so large, but yet, are these issues still never get discussed? Um, on a daily basis, and the emphasis of our leadership is failing. Our people, so it's disappointing. It's very sad. This is Shirley. Yeah, Shirley. This is last four star again up in Fort Peck. I, I wanted to just briefly comment on that. Um, I know that there's candidates who will not um, back the missing and murdered Indigenous people, missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls man boys um issue due to the fact that it's it's something that won't get them reelected, and unfortunately we perpetuate that in our own political systems um when it comes to the issue of suicide i don't believe that somebody's you know there, there's many champions um in indian country that are um that are in leadership positions champions for the issue of, of suicide prevention um and just the issue is it just it's something that people it's really hard for people to talk about. That's that's why this um, this series and this, this issue is so important. You know, I, I believe that you know what um, Mr. Harjo has done to, um, to to be able to bring this to the forefront. And like you know, these con- these type of uh, conversations and dialogue are great. Thank you. This is Neil. I just wanted to. Oh, she left. I just wanted to add to what Neil was talking about uh, when she shared her vulnerability. Um, uh, I just wanted to add in that growing up queer wasn't always easy, and and I've certainly had my moments of ideation. Um, but fortunately, and I think this is what um, Shirley is. Um, um, commenting on is I was privileged to grow up in the city, so and I love school. So I had after school programs that I uh, involved myself um, excessively and <laughs> overachieving and whatnot. So I had that that um, 
purpose to stay around because uh, as a survivor of sex abuse and bullying, bullying, um, I, I could have been easily one of those statistics. And um, uh, queer Indigenous people are three times more likely than non-LGBTQ uh, youth to take their own lives. So I hope that uh, in season two, the creators introduce a tear spirit character or a queer individual. I know it's sort of alluded to, um, it's sort of connected, um, touched upon with um, Willie Jack's character in that they are androgynous, but uh, it would be nice to see um, two spirit indigenous youth reflected in these um, Native American stories. I can uh, verify they're in the writing room, so Sure, sure that'll happen. Yay, thank you. I pick you, Nia. Holla. <laughs> hey, Nia, that's a really good point. But you also have Sydney Freeland on staff as a writer. And if you remember Drunk Town's Finest. So I am hopeful that, you know, at least in that perspective, that that's brought in. Good point. Okay, Pete, we got some silence here. What do you want to do next? I want to do a recap. This is Reservation Dog Season 1, Episode 7 Recap and Discussion. And uh, this, uh, just a reminder, we have it in the uh, notes, but uh, um, this session is being recorded. So I'm going to upload it to my podcast. I think it's a really, really uh, important to uh, for these conversations. And um, I'm really honored to have everyone on the stage, Mr. Farmer and everyone on here sharing their stories, Nia, Naomi. Waylon, everyone, Tracy. So, if you want to come up on stage, we've been—we uh, usually go about two hours. We're we're about an hour and a half, so we got about half an hour to go, so or so. Um, we can keep the conversation going, and uh, we're inviting anyone up on on the stage that wants to speak and uh, share their thoughts on the episode or on the whole series, Reservation Dogs. I am really, really looking forward to season two. And also the finale. I wonder if Gary can uh, drop a little bit of uh, what's going to happen. No, no, no. We should wait. Huh? Surprise. Maybe. But um, yeah, we haven't heard from Mark for a while. Let's see. Who haven't heard from? Uh, Sherish. Alex is on there. Anybody in the audience, just raise your hand and one of our moderators will bring you up if you want to talk about uh, the episode. Really quick, guys, I just was thinking, so we've seen the little um, episodes featuring each character, right? Um, and this was a Laura Dannon's episode. And I think we talked about this before in previous episode recaps. Do you think Bear's feature will come up in this final, this finale for the season? Or do you guys think that Bear's episode already happened when his father was supposed to come to town and the whole pickle medallion, you know, Mike. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I'm not sure. That's a good question. I think it's, that was his episode. That's just my I'm, thoughts. I'm, I'm going to vote that it wasn't because I noticed that um, nobody else was in the scene. So it was just solely those, those one, those one characters. I think I think Bear is going to be featured next, so and it's going to kind of pull some things together. 
those questions we've had so far? Hmm. I think that was his episode. That's just my, I think that was his episode. I had one more comment to Shirley about uh, episode seven. How about Laura Dannon covering for coach after he shoots the drug guy and she's supposed to be on her driver's license test. And she's like, you know, she covers for him basically. And I thought that was pretty cool. And trying to build that trust because, you know, they, they, they were uh, partners in crime for a moment. Yep. F that tweaker. But uh, welcome, RB, to the stage and also Muzzy up here. Go ahead. Uh, what do you think about the episode? Uh, hey, this is Rachel. Uh, I actually just have a question on episode three for Mr. Farmer. Hey, Gary. What was in the bong when Uncle goes into the, the store and you do that big bong hit? And you coughed your head off. <laughs> um, uh, I guess it, it, uh, I think it was, uh, I suspect, uh, I can't say that I remember that much. Um, I think it was CBD uh, weed, so it had no uh, THC in it or something, you know. It was just pretty dry, too, so it was easy to do that, obviously, yeah. No, it, was, it was brilliant. Like, yeah. Thanks, guys, for having this room. It's really good to be here. Hey, Gary, isn't it really TLC? It didn't have no TLC. I suppose you could look at it that way. Yeah. But uh, there's nothing I can say about the last episode that uh, I certainly can't in no position to wreck it for you all. Pete, uh, since you're having <laughs> yeah, so much easy. talking, you know, so much fun, not fun, but obviously uh, th it's great discussion. And I want to thank all the organizers for having me here tonight. And it's been, it's always wonderful as, uh, as a performer to kind of listen to reaction to things and, <clears throat> you know, how just even the art direction can affect an audience member. It's, uh, it's always encouraging to hear feedback like this, I don't get that opportunity very often. Uh, so I really enjoyed tonight's discussion and everyone's uh, views and things. And um, yeah, I think the emotional stakes are, uh, I, I, uh, I guess, I, I don't know, it's kind of a sad story, but uh, maybe I'll end with this. Uh, you know, that film Smoke Signals we shot many years ago, uh, we were actually, in fact, I, I was in another uh, bankers meeting, if you can believe it. They, they got bankers across the country looking at native cinema these days. And, um, well, native story it wasn't always ours, but um, uh, bankers looking at smoke signals. And they actually played scenes from from the film. And, uh, you know, I... Um, you know, of course, you all know the film very well. So it was very specific scenes, and they kind of analyzed uh, what the scene was about and whether there was, uh, you know, where that came from and all that thing. It was very fascinating to listen to. And there was uh, certainly some Native people in 
the banking business, but uh, and it was a native person organizing the events. But they regularly get together and uh, meet over native uh, cinema and uh, discuss the issues that the film deals with and such. Uh, anyway. Uh, in reality, when we made uh, Smoke Signals, uh, it was actually shot in the community it kind of represented to start. You know, we actually shot in Idaho, in Sherman's community. And uh, i never forget, uh, you know, we stayed, I guess, at the casino there up by the highway. And I remember driving in and uh, we were shooting the specifically the party scene. Uh, many of you remember that scene, of course, the nobody, nobody, nobody um, scene repeated and everyone kind of related. Wow, is that like a a thing, you know, related to dead men? It raised all kinds of great questions and stuff. And uh, But the morning before we shot that, when we all arrived on set that morning, uh, I'll never forget that there was a, it was a suicide in the, in the community that day, uh, that morning, that evening and was found that morning and uh, it wasn't uh, very far from where we shot and uh, i just always remember that uh, moment um you know and the the young girl the the the, the baby that uh, we used in uh, in the film for the movie she she died tragically in a car accident too you know uh, coming from that casino just a couple of years ago and uh, my condolences to that community and, and all our communities in suffering these losses of uh, young, beautiful people. And um, so it, it's always been a, a part of, um, you know, my experience in our community. We've always had to deal with these hard, hard issues as uh, performers and and lived through it, you know, performing some of this stuff for, you know, in the case of what I was talking earlier, Thompson's plays, you know, running it two years is, you know, kind of living in that darkness. It's uh, it's really important that our performers and entertainers understand that, that how much that takes and wears on you over the years, you know, how you can tell a story that's a hard story for an extended period of time, you know, it can affect you if, uh, if you're not in a good place, if you, you know, you're having issues with your own life. Uh, and I, I've always lived through the work and I've kind of given what have I experienced in the work. Uh, and that's all part of the creative process for all of us. And, uh, so I want to thank you for regurgitating something like this. It's a special time for us in this day and age to see something finally uh, that we can actually talk about as our own. And, uh, and it's kind of a first. So it's it's always fun to experience those. And, uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, Sterling's inspiration of, uh, you know, us not even being counted that time when we were whatever, whatever those words were, those famous words on CNN, you know, uh, we've certainly changed and applied ourselves to that picture and, and that creative bunch that are uh, fueling comedy television these days uh, will live and love forever. So thank you all very much. This is Gary. Gary, thank you so much. This is Shirley. I have a question for you. So before, when you had left, uh, well, before you had, yeah, before you had left the first time, 
you had mentioned that you had not seen any of these episodes and a few of us after you left were wondering why uh why would you not see any of the episodes um of this show so i think you're alluding to that in what you just said that it's it's a lot of work uh staying in these characters and to continue watching even afterwards it, it takes a lot is that what you're saying no i mean i would have watched all over it um i love watching the rollouts uh, I just don't have any access. I just got back from Spain um, and we don't get American television in Spain. I was working on a new project over there uh, with uh, Chasky Spencer, by the way, is going to be a, and you're all going to watch Chasky coming up with uh, wild Indians viewing uh, thing. You got set up. I guess you should announce that to uh, develop some audience. That's the next feature film coming at you by a native director, native written, young Sundance ingenue uh, coming out with his first feature film and being highly touted and uh, Michael kind of launching, you know, his leading man career. You know, we're going to get to watch that now. And and Chasky's follow-up with Emily Blunt with this series we just shot with the English. Uh, you know, we're, we're making a, a real uh, stand here. Uh, you know, it's it's really exciting time for us. So, um, uh, no, it's only because I couldn't see it in Spain. And I I, uh, I wasn't allowed to fly back to America, unbeknownst to me, when I went to go back to my home in Santa Fe because I didn't have, you know, I'm not an American citizen, I guess. I'm, um, I'm, I carry a Canadian passport, not by choice, but that's where I was born on my reservation above the American line. Although I'm a status Canadian Indian, which gives me this Indian card to cross the border, but not from Spain. That uh, didn't work. So I had to go from uh, Madrid to Paris and Paris all the way to Vancouver. They wouldn't let me any land anywhere but Canada. Uh, to come to work for uh, resident alien being shot in Vancouver. So, uh, and it's, I guess it is here now, but I'm in a hotel room with, you know, who knows, they got 20 channels of Canadian TV. Uh, I can watch APTN, but unfortunately APTN is not buying reservation dogs, which is a great discussion now. It's good to know why. But uh, also, you know, I just haven't had access and nobody's like saying, Gary, here's the next episode. Um, to me. So uh, I just leave it. I don't mind. Um, I've got my head full of language already. So, uh, you know, but I, I just love talking to you guys and listening. So that's, it's nothing uh, that I can't take, believe me. Man, Gary, just get a laptop and I'll give you my uh, Hulu password. Disney I know. Plus. So <laughs> well, I have a laptop, but I have no one's, everyone's asking me for the Hulu password. I don't have it. But, uh, uh, but yeah, I accept your, uh, it's, uh, you know, my email is readily available. I'm happy to give it to you and uh, get that Hulu password. I'll I can help you. Gary Palmer access these shows. You know, I'm right, right, right there. Yeah. Well, Gary, thank you very much. I know you have to run, but um, I really, really am honored and I appreciate you coming on here today and, uh, yeah, just big. Oh, by the way, I did yes. do the judging for the uh, oh, you did Willie Jack contest nice. at Yakima. Nice. Uh, there were uh, ten contestants. Uh, I chose uh, 
second, first, and and winner. Um, the winner, I, I I chose the winner because I asked the young ladies to, you know, let me know who they are and everything, and tell me a little about themselves. And there was one that really spoke up so excellently. She was the smallest one, and uh, but uh, I suspect that you know if you're going to win the Willie Jack uh, dress, it's one thing to look like her, but you got to be able to talk up like Willie Jack does so well. <laughs> hey, Gary, you haven't been to Menominee Nation yet. There's a Willie Jack everywhere in Menominee country in northern Wisconsin. And they got that accent. They got the dress, you know, <laughs> and they're just, you know, it's it's actually my uh, Nicole's little sister, Aaron, is Willie Jack. Definitely Willie Jack. You know, better cool. Willie Jack than Uncle Brownie. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody's Uncle Brownie up there. Gary, this is Cheryl Lee again. I have a question uh, that was sent to me in the back channel, and it is: Please ask Gary what it was like working with Taika Waititi, and if his Maori culture came through in his vision for the show. Uh, unfortunately, I've known of Taika since his very first short film. Um, I got to tell you, there's a funny story. Uh, um, uh, you know, I, I did the three. I was supposed to do four episodes of uh, Reservation Dogs. And I don't know what happened. But, you know, I tried my best to get in four episodes being in Tulsa. And uh, even I think I'm I'm in a drive-by for one of the episodes. I don't know if it ever made it into the series or not. But uh, so it, it didn't work out for me that way. And so I, you know, I went home. I had to go and come back home and then go again. You know, it's a pretty low-budget operation. And uh, Tyke is doing this other show, which you got to look out for. <laughs> it's called. Uh, um, anyway, this is a long story to say. I've never met Tyke. I've never met him. In fact, he came to a rehearsal, I heard, because he plays Blackbeard in this other series called Our Flag Means Death. And it's set in 1771. It's kind of, he plays Blackbeard, right? And it's kind of like pirates going around the world. And, of course, every now and then they get to the native islands. So I play uh, Taino, uh, you know, chief. And uh, it's pretty, pretty, pretty crazy thing so uh, but he came apparently to a rehearsal of mine and witnessed my presentation of this character uh, that he's producing I don't know you know I think he was involved in the conception but I'm not sure he executed the writing but I, I still look forward to meeting Taika you know if um, if he stays in Hollywood for a while but uh, yeah he's done an amazing job and for him to kind of get developed as well, like many of our filmmakers that he's working with through the Sundance program. And, you know, you know, his first short film being an Academy Award nominated for Best Short Film. He's had kind of a uh, and it's, if you look at it, his history of cinema, you can see a lot of the imagery in the series itself. Uh, it's really his creative movement uh, that has fueled so much entertainment uh, in in the country at this point, and it's going to carry on for a while. So he's been a blessing 
for the Maori to come. And, uh, you know, Sundance pulls fellows from all over the, uh, I mean, fellows in terms of male and female from all over the world, uh, from indigenous communities. But uh, so for him to give back to the native people this way, uh, it just makes too much sense. And it's a, it's just a wonderful gesture. And for uh, Sterling and the gang to just take that ball and run with it. Uh, so uh, it's, it's just brilliant. So it's an, I, I'm just happy to be involved. Awesome. Thank you, Gary. Really quick, Muzzy, welcome to the stage. Do you have a question or a comment for Mr. Farmer or a comment about the show? I know... Gary has to, Uncle Brownie has to uh, leave, but uh, I wanted to make sure I caught you, Muzzy. Thank you for being so patient. Yes, hello, Yate. Um, I just want to say to you, Gary, that you really resonate with my uncle, who I dearly miss, and um, it was nice seeing your character as what it is, and it's, it just brought me back home. It was really nice. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, you know, I, I had a, uh, he wasn't an uncle. He was kind of a cousin. To, his name was Brownie, Brownie Porter. Um, he was from my band. Uh, he's, he's moved on and his, his wife uh, was a friend of my mother's, uh, the cousins. Uh, and they grew up kind of together and got their first job together off the res and, uh, and, uh, you know, the Indian communities, uh, you know, from the res often moved to the city for work. In this case, uh, we moved stateside to Buffalo, Niagara Falls, New York. And there was uh, people from all of our communities up in Kahnawake, Kahnawake. Of course, we were the iron workers that eventually moved to New York and and did all that. We built those power, power projects and worked on all those operations in Buffalo, Bethlehem Steel and so we were a big part of that industrialization. And um, so um, it, 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 we always had these social clubs, you know, as people, uh, Native communities, whether we were back on the res, if we lived in the city, then we all gathered and we used to have these huge picnics, all the Indian folks from, you know, our, our, our towns and cities. And, and uh, we used to have these potlucks where everyone would bring those trays of roast beef and gravy and uh, they used to have Kemowick buns and everyone would bring Kemowick and we'd under the bowling alley and they all had an Indian bowling league on Friday nights. So, you know, it's a, it was a real kind of urban, you know, and that, that happened all over uh, America, you know, with all the pushing of natives uh, for one reason or another, whether it was forced or chose for work and survival, but uh, we've always been migrant worker types. And uh, so, you know, the, it's just wonderful to experience uh, all that. And uh, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore, but thank you, everyone. And Gary, one last thing before before you go. I wanted to kind of give you an update on, on the work up here in Fort Peck. They actually invited me to do a, an update on their methamphetamine and suicide prevention initiative, the first response toolkit. So I'm going to mention that I was able to to get on this call and to talk to you guys and listen to you guys. So I'm really grateful for, for, for this opportunity, and I thank you for the invitation. Um, I just wanted to add that my my wife, Joetta Allrunner, four-star, she's uh, enrolled in Southern Cheyenne 
so the so the show the reservation dogs you know this is set in oklahoma so it's a it's great to be able to 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 see some of that um but her 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 uh, favorite part about the series so far um is that we've um actually got to see the deer lady so <laughs> I, I used to go to oklahoma every summer too my stepdad was sock and box and kickapoo so i go to stroud to the sock and box um powell every summer when i was a kid and um, we always talked about Dear Lady, and there's always Dear Lady. So the, I, I thought that was a great episode, too. So she wanted to uh, say, keep up the good work, everybody. And um, we really appreciate the work that you've done. Thank you. All righty. Thank you, Gary Farmer, again. I'll get you an air horn. Woo! It's a good day to be indigenous. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, Pete, where's your, um, what is that big mic and the sound clips for, for funny, or what is it called? Mic bone or funny bone? <laughs> oh, which clip? Yeah, the, the, the little guys. So they're, they're, you know, I, I uh, got honored at the uh, American Indian Music Awards, uh, the NAMIs, I guess they call it. And, uh, uh, you know, I had Derek uh, with me in the band. And, you know, it was a great act, and we were performing for them uh, their three songs. And that last song, all of a sudden, those two, those two little guys, they're Seminole actually from Oklahoma, and they came running up there, and I didn't know them from Adam, and uh, I got to know them really good after they joined me on stage and we performed a song together, and. Uh, they're just the most fun, and uh, I have uh, a few scenes with those guys uh, in the final episode. We have a lot of fun, so you can look forward to that. Uh, Mike Bone, Mike, Mike, and and I keep looking at their names, but they 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 they're doing wonderfully right now. They're having so much fun. They've worked so hard for so many years to kind of entertain, and they're so popular in Oklahoma. I mean, they they can survive from just going community to community. But uh, yeah, they're real special guys. So this is Cheryl Lee. Isn't little, wasn't uh, little Mike and funny bone on America's. What is that show? Top model. Yeah. No, America's got talent. Talent. Yeah. They were. Yeah. I'm sure they were. They should be. They did the, the rain dance or something like that. Oh yeah. That's right. The rain dance. That's your song. <laughs> Sing it Pete. Do the rain dance. No. Play it. Uh, I'd have to look it up. But yeah, Pete, you should do more of your DJ stuff, and your mic needs a little work. It's pretty soft, but you should. Uh, That's what everyone Add says. little sounds and stuff because I know you kind of do that kind of thing. That, that would be How good. I'm listening to Gary Farmer when I tell you I can't hear you, and you're like. That's what everyone says. It's like if, I told you. It's just voice. Perfect. Has to yeah. Be Voice. I think it's just your voice, Pete. Music on, you know, just on two or three, so we can uh, all leave in a good way. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> put on some smoke party. dance, some smoke dance songs, Pete. Yeah, we used to play a lot of that. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we used to do that. We used to play a lot of music, and I'm uh, thinking of bringing an indigenous radio show. I used to play reggae music here at KPYT. I'm in the Yaki Reservation here in Tucson, Arizona, but um. I was like, we should do a radio show on Clubhouse, but then uh, yeah, there's something. Well, I remember when you kind of struck out like that, and then 
you seem to get uptight about it and you've kind of shut down. We only get a little blast every now and then. I think you should uh, open her up some. Let her put your foot to the pedal there a little bit. Okay, I'll do it. You heard it first here. <laughs> Arrivederci, everyone. Adios, right. amigos. Thanks, guy. Gary. Bye. See Thank you, Gary. Thanks, Gary. But anyways, yeah, that was awesome. What do you what do you all think, everyone? That was a pretty good episode. Perfect timing. Two hours and one minute. God is it's it's just, just perfect. Else to say, but I think we covered everything on the show. The the the, the episode I think this is seven. one of your best shows, Pete. Oh, thank you. So yeah, it is. Um uh, I'm gonna invite another guest for next next show the final he did mention something about the final episode did you catch that me and mike funny bone and uh what are their names we do something on the final and funny bone they do something so he did drop something but we're not gonna say nothing all right thank you everyone for listening to that recap of reservation dogs that was uh episode seven california dreaming it was one of the best uh, recaps we've had so far. Um, thank you to all the moderators. And uh, thank you all out there for listening to this podcast. We'll be back for season two. Can't wait for that. And um, yeah, looking forward to that. So uh, thank you all for continuing to listen to the podcast. We have a lot of great episodes coming up. More interviews, some more, um, I don't know. We got a bunch of good stuff planned for the fall of 2021. So uh Thank you, Choco Tessia. Health is wealth. Don't forget. And uh, thank you. We'll see you around Clubhouse. We'll see you around here, wherever you listen to your this episode. And uh, thank you again.